Welcome to Starting the Conversation, the podcast which uncovers what it really looks like to run a business, show up online and do your own thing. If we haven't been introduced before, hello, my name is Alice. I'm a digital marketing coach based in the UK and I'm also the host of this podcast. There's nothing I enjoy more than talking about the unspoken sides of being an entrepreneur and sitting down in conversation with others who get it. We all know that running a business and being self-employed can very often be a lonely and consuming experience. So it's my intention that these episodes bring a bit of encouragement and community to what you're doing. In today's episode, I'll be sharing the five best investments I've made in my business this year. So if you're ready to discover how I've spent my money and time, both wisely and not, then keep on listening. Well, welcome back to the podcast and welcome to episode number 39 of Starting the Conversation. If you follow me over on Instagram, you'll know that this has been a fairly full-on week in my business. On Monday, which was the 10th of December, I launched the project that I've been working on for the last couple of months. I have to tell you, it has been the most exciting but equally most terrifying project I've ever worked on. If you follow me over on Insta, which I've already said, so I'm already repeating myself about a minute into the episode, you will know that it is called Gather and Grow and it's a workshop retreat for female entrepreneurs. I cannot wait to share more of the behind the scenes of what putting it together and launching it has looked like. I've got an episode coming up in January where I'm going to share the behind the scenes of a launch, how I launched it, how I found that, what I learned from it, what I would do differently, all the good stuff. And I'll also tell you a little bit more about what Gather and Grow is and how it fits into today's episode later on in today's conversation. But getting on to today's episode, which is actually the first of a little bit of a mini series, I know, very fancy, because I don't know about you, but for me, this time of year, it's getting cold and dark outside, I'm spending more time inside, December is wrapping up, feels like Christmas is just around the corner, 2019 feels way too close for comfort, I just get a little bit reflective. Everything in me starts to look back at the year before me, Think about and consider what went well, what didn't go great, the good things that happened this year, the not so good things that happened this year, and really begin to think about what I can learn from that and take into 2019. So as always, for me, this podcast is incredibly personal and does really follow intuitively what I'm thinking about and feeling and experiencing. So for the next four weeks on this podcast, I'm going to be sharing fairly reflective episodes. This week, I'm sharing the five best investments I've made in my business this year, and there's going to be three more episodes talking about everything from what my business has taught me this year to setting intentions for 2019 and figuring out quite how this year has gone in terms of looking back at the intentions I set at the very start. Now it's not just my hope that you learn from my experiences and gain some information from these episodes but also that me reflecting inspires you to do the same. I think reflection is a really important thing and something that for me I've really learned to value this year. I've found that the best decisions that I make in my business come from a place of me really sitting down and intentionally reflecting, thinking about where I am, what's gone before me, and therefore what I want to come ahead. So I really encourage you as you listen to these episodes to not only hear what I'm saying and hear about my experiences, but consider how these episodes and the conversations that I'm having might apply to you. Maybe even just set out 10 or 15 minutes after you finish listening to these episodes to think about what that would look like for you to consider what your best investments have been this year or to think about what your business has taught you this year. I would really love if this episode and these 
podcast episodes did exactly what they mean to do, which is to start a conversation. Now on to today's conversation, which as I've said, is sharing the best investments I've made in my business this year. Now if you've listened to any of these episodes before, particularly episodes number 27 and 28, you'll know that my business has been on quite the journey this year. There have been some really definite lows and some very definite highs. And one of the biggest shifts that I think has brought me from those lows to those highs has been seeing investing in my business in a different way. Up until probably about the last six months of my business, I saw investing as something that I didn't want to do. Investing in my business felt like it was a chore. It didn't feel like something that was worth it. It felt to me like something that I could get out of or avoid doing if I was sneaky enough or cheated the system or smart enough to figure out my own way of not having to invest. I saw investing as a really negative thing. And I think one of the biggest reasons why I always saw it that way is because I'd never had an experience where investing in my business had done something good for me. But over the last six months, I can categorically tell you that all these investments that I'm going to share for you have made the money back instantly. Actually, maybe not instantly. That's probably a bit of an exaggeration, but they've made their money back in time. And there's a reason why I'm sharing this episode today rather than three months ago is because I want to share these in hindsight. I don't just want to tell you what I'm investing in now, but I want to tell you what I invested in six months ago and is now making me back money and being a really great thing that I am glad that I did six months ago. I want to give you the perspective to say, I did this thing and it worked out. Here is the evidence. So here's maybe why you should consider doing it too. I'm now at a place where for me, investing in my business is the first thing I think about doing when I have another client join me and I therefore have a bit more money to spend within my business. Or when I realize that there's some extra money left over after I've paid my tax return. My first thought isn't to pay myself more or to leave it there to save up, but instead to think about how I can invest that so that I can see a return on that investment in the long term. And I will say that a lot of the things that I'm sharing today are short-term pain, but definitely long-term gain. I think when we're really busy in our businesses, investing isn't just something that we, just isn't something that we feel like we have time for. Investing in your business in the right way takes time. It takes intention, it takes consciousness, it takes clarity, because to invest in your business in the right way, you have to really think about it. I'm not just telling you to go out there and spend a ton of money on your business and wait for that money to come rolling back in. Because all these investments that I've shared with you today have been incredibly considered decisions and incredibly conscious investments that I have made after giving myself space to think about them. So I'd encourage you when you're thinking about how this episode might apply to you to not just let that guard go straight up of I don't have time to think about this. I can promise you if you invest the time, if you invest the money right now, in six months time, you're going to look back and be like, I'm so glad I did that. Because although it might take you more time right now to make these investments, in the long term, it's going to save you so much more and definitely make back whatever time or money you spent on it. And not all of these investments as well are financial. You may see the word investment and initially um, kind of correlate that with money. But to me, my time is actually just as valuable, if not more valuable to me than my money is. And as I've been seeing investments in this new way, I've also been seeing my time in a new way. I've been valuing my time in the same way that I value my money, spending it as intentionally and consciously as I do with my finances. And I've seen something really powerful come from that because since being so much more intentional about how I spend my time and what I do with my time, I've seen myself get more of it. 
as business owners, the two things that I think we have least of is time and money. So I totally get how investing more of that into our businesses seems like a really backwards thing. But all of these things that I'm sharing with you today are things that I have seen work out long term. They have saved me money or they've made me money or they've saved me time or given me more time within the long term. So let's start off with investment number one, which is creating a memorable and smooth and professional client experience. Now, I really believe that as businesses, one of our biggest priorities should be the way that we make people feel and the experience that we give people when they come into contact with us and our businesses. And obviously, the most important person within that group is the people that we would call our clients or our customers or for you, whoever that person is, that what you offer and what you create is targeted at. I've become so much more conscious over the last six months about the way that I make people feel by the way that I treat my clients. And one of the biggest reasons why I've become more conscious of that is because I've really seen how powerful word of mouth can be. As much as I use digital marketing as a huge part in my business, I'd probably still confidently say that the majority of my clients and leads comes from word of mouth. I think we often see word of mouth as an outdated way of spreading the word about your business, but probably now more than ever, it's incredibly strong and definitely something that we should be conscious of. Word of mouth isn't just someone talking in person to another person. Word of mouth comes into play when someone shouts you out on their Instagram stories or talks about a blog that you've made on their podcast or even just shares you in their newsletter or in something else that they've created online. Because what that person is doing is advocating you to their community. And I think we trust what someone says so much more when they're saying, hey, I like this person, I'm endorsing this person, you should too. I definitely trust my mum way more when she tells me that I should do something as opposed to when a billboard or a TV advert tells me to do the same. And word of mouth is the same as that. One of the biggest ways that we can build word of mouth within our businesses is to treat people in such a memorable way that they want to talk about it. And obviously underneath that, the reason that I treat my clients so well and I treat people that come into my business, come into contact with my business so well is because I care about people. Obviously I don't just do what I do and treat people the way that I treat them because I want them to talk about me and make me more money. Although that's very, you know, um, what's the word? That's very strategic. That's probably not the nicest intention. I obviously do all of these things and enjoy doing these things because they make people feel good. But one of the incredible benefits of giving a great client or customer experience is that people then talk about it and that grows what you do. Now, I'm not gonna go into too much detail about how I've specifically done this within my business because I'm aware that as a coach, it's quite a niche thing to share. I might, if you're interested, share a completely different podcast episode where I'll go into real depth about my onboarding process and how I serve my clients and the different platforms that I use within that. But to sum it all kind of up, one of the biggest things that I've really done to invest in my client experience has been to look at every single step that my clients go on. From the moment they send me an email saying, okay, I'm interested in working with you, to the second that they have their last session, I've looked at that process and thought, okay, how can I make this experience more enjoyable? How can I make this experience more streamlined? How can I make it that I don't have to put a ton of work into this every single time a client goes through this? How can I make it better for both me and my clients? So a couple of ways that I've done that, I've invested in an onboarding process and a CRM system that supports that. So now instead of having to send over an invoice and a contract and my initial questionnaire manually, I've got a platform that does that all for me. I use a platform called Dubsado, which I will link in the show notes if you want to go and have a look 
look at it. I'm not sponsored, by the way, by any of these platforms, although they're welcome to because I spend a lot of money on them and love them. Um, but what Dubsado to me is just completely automates my client onboarding experience. It puts my clients in the driver's seat when they are turning themselves into from an inquiry to a client. And it allows them to just go through that process at whatever pace they want to and access everything that they need within that process. Yes, it took me a full day to set up all of those projects and all of those systems, but now whenever someone starts working with me, I just copy and paste the project, put their information in, and then Dubsado does it all for me. It's such a dream. One of the other things I've invested in is a space for all my clients to access whilst they're working with me. So again, this is something I'm willing to go into more detail in on a specific episode because it's probably only really interesting to coaches or to people who work on projects with people, kind of like if you're a web developer or a graphic designer. Um, but I use a client portal and I use Asana for this, which again, I'll link in the show notes. And what this has done with me is just completely streamlined my communication and shared information that I have with my clients. I set out Asana so that after every single session that we have together, I upload my session notes and a recording of our session and the action steps. And then what they do between then and the next session is they can add comments or questions. They can upload documents and tick off the action steps as they go. And it's also a space where we communicate. So instead of clogging up each other's inboxes and going back and forth and me potentially missing out on serving them because my inbox is so full that I didn't see their question, we have it all in one space and I can really easily understand where all of my clients are at, how everyone's getting on with their action steps and what I might need to do to help everyone where they are. So those are the two things that I've really invested in in terms of softwares. Um, I've tried a couple of softwares to get to this place and I can really confidently recommend both Dubsado for project management and client onboarding and also Asana for kind of shared documents and a client portal. Um, and I can promise you from being on both sides of that, it, they are such amazing systems to use. I actually first started using Dubsado for my business because I was a client of someone else who was using it and I was like, what are you using? This is such a good system. Tell me what it is because this is such a good client experience. So I think it does just make a difference. When we invest in creating a client experience which is incredibly smooth and automated and just nice for someone to go through, it really does change how people feel when they work with us. One of the other things that I've really done when it comes to investing in my client experience has been in sending out welcome packs to my new clients. This was something that came to me in the summer actually and it's interesting because often the ideas that make the biggest difference in my business come to me when I'm not even trying to think of anything. I'll be in the shower or out for a dog walk or swimming in a pool and I'll just suddenly think like, oh my gosh, that would be a really cool thing to do. Maybe I should do that. And sending out welcome packs with one of those things. I realized that there's actually nothing better. Um, obviously that's an exaggeration. There's a lot of things better than this, but there's not much better than getting something in the mail um, addressed to you, which has nice stuff in it that feels like it's made straight for you and a nice personalized letter. So I spent some time in the summer working with independent businesses to put together a set of welcome packs, which I send out every single time a client starts working with me. It is curated, full of some really useful and nice treats and, you know, desk pads and biscuits and pencils and all these different things. And I write a nice note in there for them as well. And what that does is just start us off on a really good foot. I don't tell clients that I'm going to do it. It's not something that I advertise, but it's something that just really makes a difference when people start working with me. I also send them out when I have a podcast guest to say thank you for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Here is something to kind of show that gratitude and reach out to you. 
And not only has it been amazing in building relationship with all of these people, but hey, when we get something in the mail, we want to share it online. So it's actually kind of unintentionally been a really great way of me also extending my reach when it comes to people knowing about me and what I do. I will also just add on the end of this first point, one of the biggest things I think we can all do to create a better experience for people that come into contact with our businesses is to invest in using a calendar scheduling software. I can promise you they do not cost a lot. Some of them don't cost anything at all. If you just want to use it for a basic feature, they're so cheap. And if you don't know what a calendar scheduling software is, I've just made up that title for them, by the way. It's basically where you host your calendar online and someone who wants to set up a meeting or a phone call or a podcast recording or something else with you can just go in and find a time that's good for them and get it done. It saves you email time because you're not going back and forth and it just puts the person that's connecting with you in the driver's seat. It says, hey, you're a busy person, I get that, so you find a time that's convenient for you. And it's genuinely one of the easiest ways that you can upgrade the experience that people have when they come into contact with yourself and your business. So that's point number one, creating a memorable client experience. Again, let me know if that's something you're interested in me going into a bit more detail on because I can, but I'm just aware that it's probably uninteresting to product-based businesses probably, specifically when I'm talking about how I do that for my coaching clients. So let me know on that one. Investment number two that I've really made in my business this year, which you might not expect, but I really do see as an investment, particularly with my time, has been getting into community. It's something that I've talked about a lot on the podcast this year, and that's because it's one of the biggest things that I believe has made a difference in my business this year. At the start of 2018, I sat down and I set intentions. I don't really like the whole new year, new me thing, but I kind of find myself getting wrapped up into it, and I do find it a nice time of the year to kind of set intention for the year ahead. So I don't set like resolutions, because we all know we fail those by January 14th, but I do set intentions, and my big business intention for this year was to get in community. If I rewind you to January of 2018, literally like 11 months ago, I didn't know a single person and I wasn't connected with anyone who did something similar to me. I genuinely thought I was one of the only young people who owned their own business and worked online. Obviously, I was very naive because now I realize that so many people do it. And I'm so glad that this year I made intentional steps to get in community and find people who get it because it's, it's made the biggest difference. I don't think that getting a community has to be a financial investment. For me, I have invested financially in getting a community because I do believe that when we give something both our time and our effort and also our money, it not only says something about us wanting to engage in that in a really serious way and I think changes the way that we approach it, but I do believe that you get a bit more out of it. So the two main ways that I've really invested in community this year has been in joining a membership platform, which I know I've already talked about a load on this podcast, and attending business style events. Now let's start off with the membership, which as I'm sure you know, as I've talked about it so many times, I'm part of the Coven, which is hosted by the wonderful Sapphire and it's all about supporting and empowering female business owners in what they do and I can just promise you that it is worth every single penny it's been so worth the investment for me it's really hard when you literally don't know anyone who does what you do or you don't really have any connections that can kind of lead to more connections to know where to start so for me joining this membership platform was almost like the easiest way to do it Sapphire was the one who had to put in the time to lay the foundations and create the space for that community to happen I just paid a tiny amount of money and gave it my energy and my resources and my time and then it just began to be an amazing asset for me 
for me in joining this membership platform, I talked to before, kind of the return on investment I've seen from it has been so remarkable. Not just in the people that I've connected with who obviously make what I do feel so much more joyful and they make the bad days feel so much better. I've put a few posts in there recently being like, everything feels like it's gonna fail, please comfort me. And it's just been the most incredible thing to have a community who is there and who gets it and who are for me. Um, but also it's been a really good move in terms of my business. I've gained so many clients through being in that platform and connecting with other people. Um, and I will obviously link the coven in the show notes and I know I've talked about it a lot before, but that for me has been one of the best ways that I've really intentionally stepped into community this year. And one of the other ways that I've done community kind of and met that intention has been in attending events. Now, I think I might do an episode in the new year about attending events when you have anxiety, um, because for me, it's a real struggle. I have never really attended business events before this year because I just found them incredibly intimidating. To me, the thought of walking into a room, not knowing who's going to be in there, not knowing where the exits are, not having anyone waiting for me or someone who's promised not to leave me for the whole night with me is a completely terrifying thing. Terrifying and kind of anxiety inducing to the point where I just wouldn't do it. But at the start of this year, when I sat down and said, I'm going to get in community, I knew that such a powerful way to do that was to attend events. So when I came across Fee, who has actually been on this podcast, who hosts She Can, She Did, which is an amazing kind of online space for female founders to get kind of connected with other female founders and gain inspiration from everyone else's stories. She started an event called the Midweek Mingle, which was basically a combination of a panel from really inspiring business owners and space to mingle with people who do a similar thing to you or want to do a similar thing to you. And I just said, okay, I can't attend all the events. That is too much for me. There are so many events I could go to and I feel anxious at every single one. So I'm just gonna commit to one. And I committed to attending every single time be put on an event. And that was such a powerful thing for me. The first event was hard. The second one got a bit easier the third one got a bit easier and I can tell you that last week this is a bit of a pat on the back moment I went to London on my own I walked into a room not knowing who was going to be in there I stayed for the whole night and I really enjoyed myself and I honestly can't really believe that it's me that's saying that sentence because to me doing that even six months ago would have been a completely kind of unrealistic thing but by doing something slowly and taking something at a pace that feels right for you, I can promise you that it is a possible thing. So again, I will tag She Can, She Did and the Midweek Mingle events in the show notes because that's been such an incredible event for me this year and one that I really loved getting connected to and something that I'm sure next year I might delve into going to other events. But for now, I'm very content with fees because I love them so much. Um, but yeah, those are the two main ways that I've really gotten community this year. And I can tell you that I've seen a real impact, not just on my business, not just in the fact that I can learn from other people and get connected to other great resources and other great coaches that I can work with and etc. But it's also just really helped me personally. I feel less alone now. I find so much more joy in what I do. And I just find that knowing people who get it makes the biggest difference. Um, so for me, that's been a big investment in this year for my business. Um, the third big investment that I've made in my business this year has been in outsourcing. Now, this is a topic that I'm really keen to talk about because I'm really conscious that for many of us, outsourcing probably feels like a really unattainable thing. If you told me seven, eight months ago that I'd end the year with a mini team who work on areas of my business and do tasks for me, I would have told you that you were ridiculous. Outsourcing to me felt like something that really big business owners did who had 
tons of spare money and were really, really busy and needed other people to do other things did. But this year, I have taken slow and steady and small steps to outsourcing the right things and I have seen it be such a powerful thing for me and my business. To give you a bit of context, right now, which is December of 2018, I have a copywriter that I work with, I have somebody who does admin support for me, I have someone who supports this podcast and helps to put the episodes together, and I've also got someone who helps with my web development. So that's four people who fulfill four roles within my business that traditionally I would have done. Now, I did not just start off one day by saying, okay, I'm going to hire four people to work with me every now and again to do those things, off we go. No. It was a slow and steady development, figuring out what the gaps were, what I needed people to fill in for, and then taking the steps to get that done. I started by thinking, okay, what are my weaknesses? What are the things that for me require too much time? What are the things that I don't enjoy doing? What are the things that I feel like someone could do a lot better than I do and then release me more time to do what I am good at and I enjoy doing? So the first step for me was looking to outsource my copywriting. I am a really bad writer. My Instagram captions are just about the most writing that I'm capable of doing. My emails, which every other week is like a push for me when it comes to writing. So for me, outsourcing the wording on my website, my blog posts and my show notes was such a powerful thing. So I work with a copywriter who is the amazing Charlotte from Media Lux, and again, I'll link her in the show notes. And I didn't start off straight away by outsourcing everything. I said, hey, I want to try this out. I think outsourcing my copywriting might be a good thing for me. Can you start by doing one blog post? Can you do these two sets of show notes? And I very slowly increased that to a place where it was starting to make money for me. I understand that investing in your business financially isn't something we can all jump in the deep end with because we don't all have the disposable income to be spending on that kind of stuff. But I think it is attainable for everyone to outsource in some way. Even like the way that I did it, I didn't have a ton of money. If you listen to episode number 28, you'll know that I, in the summer of this year, money was not something that I had in abundance. So I just very slowly but surely begun to outsource the things that I felt needed were kind of the top priority. I did it in a way that I could afford until I begun to see the return on investment and then had the money to level that up. So now Charlotte works with me on a monthly basis to complete kind of my show notes and blog posts and any other kind of copy that's needed for my website and that's been an amazing thing for me. I'm not only enjoying my business more because quite frankly I hate writing but she is creating copy which is better than I could have made and I'm given more time to either spend on myself and chill out or to do coaching and work with more clients and make me more money. It's kind of a win-win for me and something that I really wish I'd started thinking about outsourcing earlier on. A couple of the other things I outsource is a bit of admin support. So I have someone who supports me with my inbox and any kind of um, like one-off tasks that I need to do. So they do some of my kind of receipt handling and like one-off bits and bobs that I need help with. And also someone who helps me with my podcast. So obviously I record all the episodes. I figure out what I want to talk about. But I've got someone who helps me to actually get the episodes up and always keep me accountable and on schedule. And then obviously the other one I mentioned is I've always worked with is having a web developer. So someone who takes away that side of my business for me. Because again, it's not my area of expertise. And I really loved this process of outsourcing. It's definitely going to be my intention for 2019 to level up my outsourcing, to take it another step further of thinking, okay, how much more can I give away? How much more is not my strength and is someone else's and will give me more time and make me more joyful and will make me more money because then I get more time to do what makes my business money. 
let me outsource that. So I'll definitely update this and do probably a whole episode on outsourcing in next year sometime to talk about how I'm kind of leveling that up and getting to a place where in an ideal world, I have a team to do the majority of the stuff that isn't what I feel joyful about and isn't what brings me money and joy and excitement. Um, So yeah, for me, outsourcing is something that is available to all of us, but sometimes it does just take small and steady steps to figure out what it might look like for us and our businesses to bring that in. But I can trust you, it's worth it. When you outsource in the right way, when you're intentional about it, when you really consider what you wanna outsource and who you wanna outsource it to and make sure that you pick the right fit for your business, it is gonna be worth it in the long run, I can promise you. Now, the fourth investment I've really made in my business this year has been in upgrading my space. Now, this is one that I didn't really think about until I'd begun to plan this episode. And I thought, okay, what have I spent a lot of money on this year? And I actually looked back at some of my kind of financial reports from the the last couple of months. And I saw a huge expense a couple of months ago. And I was like, what did I spend so much money on? Like, why was I spending loads of money on my business that month? And then I looked at the receipts and I realized there was a big old Ikea receipt. And I was like, ah. That's the one. It was actually unintentional at the time that I was investing in my space, but looking back, it was a really powerful investment that I made. I invested in a new desk, which is nice and big and fits all my stuff and allows me to feel really inspired when I get to my office space. I invested in a sofa for my office so that I've got a place to chill out and bring people to if I'm having anyone come to me. I invested in a new screen for my laptop so that I'm not crouched over looking at a tiny screen the whole time, but I have all of this screen space to organize my tasks and feel really kind of good about if I'm sat there for 12 hours. Um, And I've done a couple of other things. I've spent money on houseplants and I've convinced my parents to rearrange the office room so that I've got most of the room to myself and I don't have to work from a kitchen table or my bedroom because we all know that that's just not good when it comes to a work-life balance. Because for me, my environment is really important. I think particularly when you work from home, the space that you're walking into when you're entering work mode is really vital. It's vital that for you that space feels productive and feels calm and feels like a space where you can really get your head down and get the work done. So actually, although I didn't really realize it at this time, investing in my workspace, investing in my desk and my computer and my sofa and all the other nice things I have that make my office such a nice place to be has made a difference. I look forward to coming down to my office and I look forward to leaving it because both spaces feel equally as welcoming and something where I want to be. So I'd really encourage you, I think upgrading your space is something that you, everyone has kind of the access to do. Maybe you just want to get yourself a new house plan or get yourself a new kind of planner to go on your wall, which is going to help you kind of look at everything from a bird's eye view. I think sometimes we undervalue how important our environment is to us, particularly when we work from home. I think it does really make a difference. So that's definitely been an important investment for me and one that I definitely have begun to see the return on, particularly just in terms of my mindset and my joy. It's made a difference no longer looking at blank wall every day and crouching over a little laptop at a tiny desk for 12 hours. Now I sit here and I spread out and I sit on my sofa to eat lunch and everything just feels a lot nicer. And that might seem a bit luxurious and a year ago in my business if you told me that I was going to spend hundreds of pounds upgrading my desk and getting a sofa and houseplants and new headphones and a screen and all these things I would have told you that I was being ridiculous and I didn't need it but if my business has taught me anything this year it's that what feels luxurious is actually normally just things that do we do deserve like we are deserving of a nice office space and it's not a luxury to have that so I think for me giving myself permission to do that was a really 
nice thing and something that I'm really glad that I did. And hey, who doesn't love an IKEA trip? So if anything, this episode, if anything, if this episode has encouraged you to go to IKEA, it's worth it. Now on to investment number five that I've made in my business this year, which is linked to what I talked about at the start of the episode, my very exciting but equally terrifying new project, Gather and Grow. Now just to sum up Gather and Grow, in case you don't follow me over on Instagram or you didn't see the kind of promo on Monday, Gather and Grow is a workshop retreat for female entrepreneurs. It's all about creating the space and giving you the expertise and the community that you need to level up what you do, get to the heart of your business and just gain clarity. It was something that really came from my heart, something that I have knew that six months ago would have made the biggest difference in my business. If you listen to episode number 27, you'll know that for me, in the summer, I really had to do some foundational work. I had to set time aside to address the foundations of what I was doing, figure out where I wanted to go and understand what I needed to change to get to that space. But I realized after doing that work and seeing how kind of fundamental it had been for me, that there was nothing out there that did that for business owners, particularly female business owners. So in that moment, classic me, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just do that thing and I'll make a retreat. Sounds good. In that moment, all I was thinking about was that it was exciting and new and something that would be great for my business. What I then realized a few weeks later is it was the biggest drain I have ever had on my time and my money. I can honestly say right now that I have never spent more money on anything in my life than I have on this retreat. Just to get it to the point of launching, just to get it to the place where I could tell people about it, I've already had to spend between five and probably £7,000. I'm not quite sure where it is in that figure because let me tell you, there are payments coming out of my ears right now. Um, But yeah, it's cost me a significant amount of money just to secure the date at the venue, get all the people involved who I needed to get involved, pay deposits on everything, get the launch promo all done, get the website built, get the branding done. The cost was huge. And that cost is an incredible risk to me. Tickets aren't even live yet, like tickets launch on January 10th. So I've had to absorb all of that cost myself before even knowing if it's gonna go well. Now, obviously I'm gonna say here that this is an incredibly measured risk that I've made. I did a ton of research to understand if it was something that people would want. And I worked so hard to ensure that what I was building and investing in was actually a good idea. What I'm not telling you to do is to go and spend 10 grand on your business or on a new idea and hope that it wins because, hey, any investment is a good investment. Incorrect. I think investments that are intentional and conscious and feel like a good fit for our businesses, those are good investments. So for me, this new retreat is an incredible investment that I have made. Whether it's an investment that's going to pay off, I'll have to update you in a couple of months and do a whole other episode on that. But for me right now, it does feel like an investment. Whilst it probably seems a lot like a risk to me because it's measured and because it's one that I can see, hey, if this pays off in the way that I hope and I plan and I assume it will, this is going to really create something remarkable, not just for my business, but also for me as a person. If you had told me a year ago that this time next year is in right now, I was going to spend seven and a half thousand pounds investing on a new idea, which I had no kind of security in, I would have told you that I was crazy. And I would have probably said, hey, can you please tell that the December 2018 year old me not to do that because that sounds mental. But being where I am in my business now, seeing in the past how investments have kind of blessed my business in such an incredible way, I'm now at a place where I see investment as a really positive thing. I am really at peace with the fact that if this retreat doesn't go great, then hey, I've learned something from it and that investment is still worthwhile to me. But obviously everything in me is like, it is going to go well and I know it's a good fit for people. So I know that it is going to be worthwhile. 
So for me, that's a probably odd thing to say that has been a real investment for me, but it really has. I spent the last few months before anyone even knew about it, before I even knew whether people would want to book on spending days and days putting my effort into this. I spent so much time, I gave away so much of my energy putting this together, reaching out to people to get involved, spending money on getting everything to where it was, where it is today. And that's caused me money and that's a financial and an effort risk. If this doesn't work out, I've lost a lot of money and I've also lost a lot of time. But like I've said, when an investment is measured and intentional and conscious, I think it's a good thing for us to try. And I think being where I am right now in my business, being able to say, hey, look at all these other investments I've made. Look at the way that I made my client experience, that I got in community, that I outsourced, that I upgraded my space. Every single one of those investments is paid off right now. And that's only four or five months after I've done them. Think about where those investments are going to be in six months time, in two years time, in five years time, how much more money and time they will have saved me and how they will have contributed to my business growing. My hope is that this podcast episode has helped you feel that investment isn't as scary as it seems. That investment doesn't just look like putting a financial risk into your business. Investment can look like taking a tiny step to put a bit of effort into something now so that in six months time it serves your business, makes you more money, frees up your time, gives people a better experience or just levels up what you do. Investment doesn't have to just be money. You can invest with your time, with your effort, with your expertise. It can look like a whole host of things. And my encouragement would be for you to consider how you can start making another investment today. To me, looking back at these five investments and seeing how well they've served my business, I'm not saying this is all I'm going to do. If anything, the fact that these have worked so well for me um, encourages me to do more of it. Definitely one of my intentions for 2019 and something I'll share more about in a future episode is to invest more and to look at all of these investments and level them up, to consider how I, I can make my client experience even better or even more automated, to figure out how my space can make me even more productive and even more joyful at what I do, to outsource to such an extent that all of my time is spent not only doing what I love, but spent on the things that make my business money and take it forward. I don't think that investment always has to look like us making a financial risk. It really can be something which is attainable for any business of any size. And I hope that that's what this episode has shown you. So yes, this is the first of our slightly more reflective episodes. There are three more coming. So there's one next Monday, which will be the final episode of the year before two more episodes in January. Uh, next episode will be sharing five truths that my business has taught me this year, which I'm really excited to start reflecting on and share with you about. Of course, if you are interested in the Gather and Grow tree and you're not put off by the fact that I've spent loads of money on it already, you can head over to gatherandgrow.info to find out a bit more and how have a bit of a nosy. The tickets launch on January 10th so if you want to be first in line for tickets make sure to sign up to the waitlist because you should do that because you should and you should be there. I'm so excited for it. I'm definitely going to make an episode next year like I said talking all about what the launch process has looked like and how I feel about it because as much as I'm talking about in this episode what a risk it's been, it's been a very joyful risk. It's been something that I have loved working on and I've loved putting together and something that I'm just really overwhelmed by how amazing 
the response has been. There's nothing better than thinking about something for months and working on something for months and then putting it into the world and people having the exact response that you hoped for or wished for. So I just wanted to end by saying if you're one of the lovely people that has reached out about the retreat, joined the waitlist, shared it on your Instagram or just sent me a message about thank you so much. It genuinely means so much more than you know and I'm really grateful for all of the support that you ever give to either just this podcast itself by listening in and subscribing and tuning into the episodes or by anything else that is going on in my business. But yes, I'm going to stop rambling on. Head to the show notes for all the links of everything I mentioned today from the platforms I use to the events and the membership I'm part of to also links to gather and grow. But I'll be back with you next Monday. So until then, goodbye.